Hey everyone, Latina Barbie here. Why did I start this podcast? Well, because I'm too lazy to write a book. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hey everyone, Latina Barbie here. Um, today I want to cover my childhood. Um, I'd love for you to come on this journey with me as I dig up some memories from, oh, I don't know, for as long as I could remember, um, to about middle school. I think that would probably cover enough for today. Don't want to overload you too much with all my childhood memories. So again, my name is Latina Barbie. Thank you so much for joining me today. And um, let's just embark on our journey. Let's start now. So I was born in 1974. Um, yes, I will save you from doing the math. I am 46 years old and I grew up in San Diego. I was originally uh, born and raised in a not so nice neighborhood now, but when I was born, it was a nice neighborhood. It was off El Cajon Boulevard and 42nd Street. It was an apartment complex. I remember we lived on the first floor of a really cool apartment complex. There were a couple of houses around us and we were all just total neighborly with everybody, just friendly with everybody. There was a bunch of kids. And back then we actually got to play in the street. We played in the back alley. I remember our apartment. It was like a two bedroom apartment. Um, I'm pretty sure it had the wood panels. If you all can remember, it's been that long. And I just remember the kitchen and more importantly, I remember our dining room table. It was one of those, um, it had four chairs because at the time it was just my older brother and I, and then my younger brother came along later, but it had like yellow vinyl chairs. It had like a metal frame table. And the nice thing about it was my mom loved her kitchen. And of course it had her yellow curtains that looked out into the street. There was a laundromat in the back upstairs neighbors and back then we I know we had a dryer or at least the apartment complex must have had a dryer but I do remember my mom like hanging up clothes out in the back and it just seemed like everything seemed to be an activity for us even just you know you know making your sure your clothes was dry that was an activity we I remember handing my mom the clothespins and it was just a really I had a really nice childhood I also remember, and hopefully you all had one of these, um, Grandma Baines. She was just like the neighborhood grandma. And I remember um, there was about, gosh, maybe five, eight steps to her house and her porch. And she kind of had like an open door policy. She must have been about 75, 80 years old. And, you know, I was little. I didn't ask the questions that I would definitely ask questions now, like, you know, tell me about your childhood. Tell me about how you grew up. And I remember she had like this oval, long oval glass table in her living room that was of course carpeted. Um, it was probably some like shag carpet. Grandma Baines was hip. And she had a glass full of candies and it wasn't like, you know, our candies now. And I'm sure if you're around my age, you'll, you'll remember these. It was like those old mints you know, like some of them had red and white stripes, some of them like melted in your mouth, which you just know were full of sugar, but you didn't care. Uh, what was sugar back then? And then she had a really cute kitchen too, because for some reason, all kitchens back then, you actually ate inside your kitchen. So weird, but yet it was so nice and cozy. So the other neighbor was like a friend of ours and stuff. And um, the sad part was 
the other neighbor on the other side of where we lived was really friends with my older brother and his friend, his older brother actually had committed suicide. And that's all I know because I was just too young to understand what that was. All I knew was that he was found. I remember those words, actually, he was found in the garage. And that just, I guess that kind of just stuck with me. So we stayed there for, gosh, I think we lived there until I was about five. And oh, another really cool memory I remember was my mom had like a, a 10 speed or a five speed bicycle. And I would always sit on the bass on the in the back of her uh, bike, and we would always go for bike rides. And there was a corner jack in the box, so I remember my, I remember my mom loved um, getting a cup of coffee and a breakfast jack. Uh, by the way, you'll you'll soon realize very quickly that everything in my life has really revolved around food. But we'll get into a different topic on that. So from there, we moved to another part of San Diego, and um, I'll just tell you, it's Rancho Penasquitos. And back then, we, I think with another family, were probably the only quote-unquote Hispanic, Latinos, Mexicans, whatever we were calling ourselves back then in 1979, 1980, we were like one of the first families there. And that was a really cool condo. And again, I will tell you, because I have another episode coming about a home ownership, for for as long as I've been, you know, I guess alive, um, or since I was born, I should say, my parents have never, well, not my parents, my mom has never owned a condo. My dad did own a couple houses, but that was in Mexico. And that is a different topic. That is the divorce topic. So we moved to Penasquitos and it was great. We had great friends. Again, we had this alley in the back of our condo, um, made tons of friends. The only thing is, is that the school that I went to was across the street from where we lived. And mind you, I grew up very chubby. I was one of those little girls who was always told, um, especially my dad's friends would always say, "Ay, mija, she's so pretty, but well, I, we all know what that butt means. And I was chubby. So yeah, she's got a pretty face, but the chick's got some extra meat on her. So believe me, that ha- has, has probably still haunts me. So we moved to PQ and there was a hill. That was the biggest thing was every morning from literally kindergarten to fifth grade, there was a hill I had to walk up. And man, I hated that hill. I mean, you talk about being even just an adult and being heavy, let alone being a child. It was just, ugh, I hated that. But um, lo and behold, I made some really good friends in kindergarten. In fact, I still have one girl, maybe two people, three people actually that I still um, through, of course, via Facebook, that I still say, hi, how are you doing? How are the kids? Like cute little shout outs here and there. But since kindergarten, we would just line up into our kindergarten classes. And then it came along first grade, second grade, third grade. And then we had, uh, you know, outside handball, tetherball. Um, I think in fourth grade, I was like the queen of the tetherball. Because if I was going to be good at, be good at something, it was a lone sport. I wasn't really that great with group sports only because I I was a one I'm always a one woman show. In fact, just side note on this podcast, I will very rarely if ever have a host only because I I I don't really work well with others. Not sure if you ever feel the same way, but are you one of those people who are who are like, you know, if I'm gonna get it done, I'm just gonna do it myself. That's me. Believe me, I've tried to work with others. I will always have a fun time, but 
never get anything accomplished. Oh, I wanted to tell you how I started out with tap dancing and the dancing aspect in my life. So there was an ice skating rink in La Jolla and back then it was called UTC, University Town Center. I think it's called something fancy now. I know it looks fancy now, but then it was back then. Everything seemed to be brown growing up. There was never color or really cool modern fonts on signs. So I remember my mom, she enrolled me in ice skating classes. And I think I lasted probably two classes. And the teacher came up to my mom and said, you know, um, I don't think, think Latina Barbie is cut out to do ice skating because whenever we play the music, she just tends to kind of sway back and forth as if she just wants to dance and not actually ice skate. So that's where I find that my dancing capability came into play. My mom quickly got me out of ice skating because I think back then ice skating was probably pretty expensive. And who was my mom to really spend any money? So she got me at ice skating classes and got me into tap dancing and ballet and jazzercise and everything. So I just remember on Saturday mornings, she would drop me off at the dance studio and it was like heaven for me. Again, a one woman show um, because I got to tap dance by myself and I was good. I really liked um, tap dancing. Um, one fun fact about me that I don't even know if my friends know this or yeah, my friends, is I actually tap danced all the way up into eighth grade, seventh grade, whatever grade it was that I started have to wearing high heels. And then I stopped tap dancing because you don't want to see me being a chubby kid in high heels. And I didn't want to walk in them. So there you go. So that's how my whole dancing career, I, career, I can't believe I just said career, but you know, it was like, you know, I loved my dancing. So that was, that was that. And then, um, another thing that I wanted to talk about was growing up as far as, you know, shopping and things like that was we were a very, very frugal family. My mom did not work until I went into sixth grade. I feel like I'm jumping around, but hopefully you have the same type of mindset as I do where I just jump, jump, jump. So, but anyways, it's all about the childhood. So just think of a time when you went shopping with your mom and it was like, I realized that we didn't have a lot of money because it was kind of looking at two different like shirts and realizing that I was always going to get the cheaper one. We used to shop at Mervyn's and um, JC Penney's. In fact, I don't know about you, but remember, I think it was Sears. Yeah, Sears had that big, huge catalog that would come once or twice a year. And there's just something about flipping through pages. Even now I find myself like with restaurant menus, I love flipping through pages and reading what's on the menus, kind of like what's in a catalog. And I have to tell you, and I didn't want to touch on this, this episode more like on my childhood, like chubbiness episode was I, I couldn't look at anything unless it said pretty plus. And that meant I was a plus size. So that's when I really started realizing that I wasn't going to be able to wear the clothes that my friends wore. In fact, a lot of the clothes that I wore was really hand-me-downs from my older brother. So picture this. Let's go, just go back to my elementary school really quick. I'm in third grade wearing a sixth graders, like I remember, I think it was cheetah, a cheetah shirt or like an alligator shirt, those little emblems on the side. It couldn't have been an alligator shirt because we always got the knockoffs. So I think ours was like a cheetah. And 
I was wearing boys shirts because my older brother is three years older than I am. And all those hand-me-downs went to me. And then sure enough, they went to my little brother, even jackets. I remember we had this like brown snow jacket that was super thick and it literally passed through my older brother, myself and my little brother. So you talk about like not having a gender or, or I should say having a gender neutral clothing in my closet. Oh, and the pants were always elastic because that's what pretty plus only carried was, you know, large, or I think it was like a one X two X. I forgot how the pretty plus sizing was, but wow, I just took a turn into my sizing and it's going to affect me now, but in like in a good way, because I've, well, you'll, you'll hear about it later. So I graduated from fifth grade and went into middle school. And back then it was like, four different elementary schools into one middle school. And you know what? Back then growing up, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but everything just was smaller. You know, you'll learn about me living in LA and coming home and realizing there was now like four or five elementary schools. And I kind of feel like those poor kids are really missing out on creating these these really cool, close relationships and friendships. Because I will tell you, God honest truth, 90% of the people that I talk to on a weekly, monthly, even yearly basis, I created those friendships from in sixth and seventh and eighth grade. Those are my middle school, like ride or die, like, you know, I'll help you bury the body type of friends. And even to this day during coronavirus, there's still like a group of us that still talk. And I know a lot of them have all been friends since elementary and myself too. So I just, I hope that, you know, at our age that we've been able to keep those friendships going. It takes work, but who better to know you than before you became an adult? And you'll learn also about me that I've made some really physical changes and emotional changes. And all my best friends would be the ones to tell me, I don't remember you being chubby. And that's like the best, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm actually gonna get a little emotional. Like that's the best type of friend when they say, I don't remember you being you know, chubby. And I'll just leave it at that. So enter middle school, you know, I had my set of friends and it was a realization that my set of friends wanted to be friends with other friends from other, you know, other elementary schools. And I was always that like really friendly, chubby kid. Like I I hated coining myself this and it was always like I was the token, fun, chubby kid. Maybe at that time, the only thing I had going for me was maybe I was a little pretty to where I wasn't like a disgusting chubby kid, but you know, she's pretty, she could hang with us because she makes us laugh. At least that's how I felt, but it was fun. You know, I had a good time. Oh, I remember PE. Now just picture this. I am chubby and I'm not just talking like, oh, she's so cute and cuddly chubby. I was the word F-A-T. One of the words in my whole entire dictionary that I just hate. I will tell you, imagine PE, imagine having to go into the girl's locker room and change into shorts, short shorts. These were not flattering shorts. I had chubby legs. In fact, I have some literally emotional scars from my chubby legs and having to run a mile, always being last. 
running. I didn't even have to look behind me to see if anybody was behind me because there was never anybody behind me running a freaking mile. And it was hills. You know, how was I supposed to, how was I supposed to be after coming in last every single time running a mile? It was hard. Whew. Wow. So I will probably be going to therapy for that one. Anyways, so uh, now I don't have to look behind me. I'll just say that. So, um, you know, there was that aspect of my childhood. I remember in middle school, my dad traveled also from Tuesday through Friday. He had an apartment in Mexicali and he was gone literally every Tuesday through Friday because I slept with my mom Tuesday through Friday because she didn't want to sleep alone. That's just what we did. Food, again, I'm going to talk about food. I remember meeting my dad every Friday around six or seven o'clock. My mom would take my brothers and I to Bob's Big Boy in Poway. And my dad would meet us there. And that was our Friday night dinner that we all looked forward to. Just to put perspective on, you know, not really having a lot of money growing up. It was like a challenge for us to get the bill under $25. Now, back then, a hamburger was probably about $3, maybe $4 if you wanted some cheese. I always had cheese on my cheese, on my hamburger, but that was like the biggest thing was, and then we would always have like a guessing game. Like, okay, how much is it? Hot, cold, hot, cold, up, down, up, down. And, and that was like those things that I remember about my childhood was trying to get the bill at Bob's Big Boy under $25. <laughs> I mean, just take a moment and think like wherever you're listening to me, think of like these childhood memories that you had, you know, if you have siblings, even if you don't have siblings, just memories that you have with your mom and dad, you know, I'm, I am going to do an episode on parents because they really did shape my life in so many different ways. And yeah, I mean, our childhood is definitely everything and every, you know, part of who we are now. Um, I'm trying to think of any other childhood memories that stuck out. I mean, I remember eighth grade, and I'm going to leave it at this. I remember eighth grade, uh, was it the graduation? Uh, yeah, it had to be graduation dance. I had to go again to, I think at that time, it was JCPenney's. I found a dress. It was peach. And I'm just, I'm, I'm like literally visualizing this picture. My hair was big because I had curly hair, unruly, like, wavy hair that I didn't even know how to do a picture of me in a peach poofy dress. Now, if you've ever had an extra five pounds on your body, the last thing you want to wear is poof anything. Should I say poof or puffy? Maybe puffy. Maybe I felt puffy and my dress was poofy. I don't know. But I just remember I felt like a, like a football linebacker. Seriously, even to this day, if anybody says like, how did you, how would you sum up your eighth grade graduation dance? I'm like, well, I felt like a linebacker in a dress, stuffed in a dress. That was, I don't know if that's a good childhood memory or a bad one, but it definitely sticks out. I don't remember. Yeah. And then I graduated from eighth grade. It was a big, huge eighth grade graduation. I'm sure we went out to eat because we always went out to eat. Even though we didn't have a lot of money, I felt like we still went out to eat like every single week. Um, but my mom cooked a lot too. Like I just, she cooked a lot. Okay. So here is a total example of Latina Barbie going backwards in her stories. I do remember in elementary school coming home every day, my mom would be on the couch taking a nap and there would be like a snack on the table and we would be watching Scooby-Doo. 
I do remember that a lot. Again, the food on the table was the biggest highlight. In middle school, I remember our cafeteria had the best French fries. And I think they had the best pizza. Or that might have been high school. Not that I was setting the bar that high. <laughs> but And then I started babysitting and really having the value. Oh, let me tell you really quick about babysitting. Because I'm sure if you're my age you have kids that are probably at the babysitting. I don't know anything about like how old your kids are, but I will tell you that the first time I started babysitting, the the parents wanted to pay me in Amway. I don't know if you all remember Amway. It was one of those multi-level marketing type of companies. And instead of handing me like some cash, they would literally, again with the catalog, which I really did love like looking through a catalog, of products and it was like Christmas again. Like I'm even now I'm, it's just nostalgic for me. I would open up the catalog and they would say, okay, um, pick five things like under this amount or something like this. And so then I would go through the catalog and pick out things and they would get me the stuff from Amway. That was my first paycheck was in product. I just found that kind of weird because I wanted cash anyways. So that was my whole babysitting um, thing. I babysat a lot, by the way, a lot. Um, for somebody who myself does not have kids, I have a lot of training in them. But yeah, I just maybe that's when I realized I just didn't want any part of that either. So we'll, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, it's too late now. So um, yeah, but you know, I just hope that today's episode has kind of taken you down memory lane. I know I jumped a lot and I might end up doing another childhood um, episode based on growing up being chubby and things like that. And oh, before I end this episode, the one thing that has really stuck in my mind where has really, I believe this, uh, this situation actually has shaped me the most was in fourth grade, you always ran for office for the following year. And I'll never forget in fourth grade, I was running for vice president. My self-esteem wasn't all that great. You know, I was funny because that's how my dad raised me to be funny, to be likable. And I just remember this boy, I won't even say his name, but I remember he, well, actually I can say his name, his name is Nikki. He came up to me and said, you can't win vice presidency. No one's going to vote for you. And at that time you had to get like 50 signatures or a hundred signatures to, to, to run. I literally took the piece of paper that already had about 25, 30 signatures and I threw it away. At that point, I, I, if I could sit, tell my younger self, you know, do not listen to other people and their thoughts because it really has nothing to do with you. I really feel like that one situation of somebody telling me that I couldn't do something has taken so many years to realize that I can. So I prove, you know, I am living proof to you that if I really set my mind to do something, I can do it. I just, I, I could still kick myself in the butt for throwing that piece of paper away and giving up because of one person's comments. As an adult, I've received other compliments from people saying, wow, wow, Latina Barbie, like you, you've set a goal and you do it. I do them now. I set my goals and I accomplish them. I got my degree. I lost the weight. I'm doing a podcast now. Okay, it was a little bit of a diversion from actually wanting to write a book, <laughs> but I got it. Um, some shape, way, how, whatever was gonna be some way for you to learn about me. But yeah, I mean, I don't want this to be a therapy session because that's what I pay my therapist for, but 
as you go through your day, just think of all these different types of memories and experiences and situations of when you were a child, how those have shaped you. I mean, literally have really either made you work harder, made you not work harder, um, treat people differently, maybe not treat people differently, but just realize how much I feel that we have all grown since that little fourth grader who was told you can't do it. And that little fourth grader who wishes that she just never tore up that piece of paper. Wow. Well, <laughs> that's Latina Barbie on childhood. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. I've really woke up this morning being excited about talking about this subject. And again, if you're not someone who can keep up with me, I, I go on tangents. That's what I do. Um, so once again, my name is Latina Barbie. Please log on um, to latinabarbie.com. That's my website. You can learn a little bit more about me. I have a couple other videos from like 2006, 2017 on there. Um, it's just a blog. Um, I can be found on YouTube, uh, Latina Barbie. Uh, YouTube, I guess, backslash or forward slash Latina Barbie. Instagram, at Latina Barbie underscore. Facebook, Latina Barbie. Also, um, I can be found on iTunes. I'm so excited. So I hope you subscribe. I hope this is a podcast that you find yourself listening to on a weekly basis and looking forward to the next episode. No, I'm not quite sure what I want to talk about next, but I'll put it in the um, title of episode, I believe it'll be episode two or episode three. I'm going to call it episode three because episode one was the intro. Episode two was my real intro. And then episode three is my childhood. So there you have it. Have the fantastic day that you all deserve. I will hopefully be in your ear next week. Mwah!